Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, Joanne Schwartz, author of Fight On. It's not fair. Now, we've all heard children say that, but they're often told that life just isn't always fair. In later life, they might still react viscerally to perceived unfairness, but by then, they've learned to accept it as normal. Joanne Schwartz would like young people to retain their sense of what's unfair and to learn that acceptance only benefits the person who's acting unfairly. In her book, Fight On, aimed at younger readers, she focuses on a 25-year period of history in Cape Breton when people resisted an entire system stacked against them, the coal and steel industries. Joanne, welcome to Book Me. Thank you so much for having me. What was it in your experience that inspired you to write a book about that period from 1900 to 1925 for young readers? Well, having grown up in Cape Breton, um, this history was all around me. And going to the Miners Museum was a family outing that we did often. And it always felt so dramatic to me. And then as I got older and read some of the material that's out there, the company store, the wonderful book by John Mellor, I just never really stopped thinking about this history. As a children's librarian, as well as an author, it really felt like there was a hole here in telling this story. And I know it's told uh, there's you know lots of material for adults and um, it's been passed down in families and so on but there wasn't really a book for young children that spoke to this dramatic history so I felt like it was something that was <laughs> that was missing and could be written. Now you describe a, a series of uh, dramatic and even deadly events that took place in Cape Breton in the first quarter of the 20th century. What's the context you provide young readers? in terms of which forces were stacked up against whom? Right. Well, everything really changed so dramatically when the coal mining industry started. The shift was so great. And when the company towns started, when people were in company towns, their lives were not their own, really. Their, their destinies were not their own. And so that really affected everything. And they were working in an industry that was so dangerous and there was and the corporations were being led by people far away from cape breton and so this juncture really highlighted this difference between people who were running a corporation and making a lot of money and people that were going underground and facing terrible conditions and death and poor wages every day. So labor history really became so important in Cape Breton. I mean, this was the story of people's lives for a long time. And that period of 1900 to 1925 was particularly dramatic. And that was a period of a lot of strikes and culminating in terrible death of William Davis. If, say, someone in grade seven today is reading Fight right. On, what would they learn about life for someone their age in that period if their dad was a coal miner and their mom was trying to run the house at home in Cape Breton? They might learn that they themselves had to go down. It was still a time when kids were going down very young. 
probably by then, you know, not 10, 11, 12, but certainly by 12, 13, 14. So they were actually part of this history. If their father died in an accident or was injured, they needed to go down and make money. So it's actually a story about kids as well. And they had some very specific jobs to do in the mine that the adult men didn't. Right. As most people in Cape Breton would know, you know, they were often trappers. So they would sit in the dark for hours and have to open the door for the miners coming through with a load of coal. And although it uh, seems like not much of a job, it was extremely important because you had to close the door so quickly so no gases would come through. So it was a matter of life or death what they did, even though they would only do it so many times a day and the rest of the time be sitting idle, alone in this terrible, dark, dank, scary, underground. And of course, the girls, which are would be doing all the chores at home um, with their with their mothers. So they're very much a part of the history, but we don't really think of it that way. A history is uh, marked by many bold individuals who fought unfair power balances. What do you think young readers will make of meeting J.B. McLaughlin? <laughs> I hope they're fired up by J.B. McLaughlin. He was quite an astounding character. At the time, he was very central to everything that was going on. He really led the collective action. He really led the fight for unions and wages. And he lived in Glace Bay. And for everybody who was alive at that time and for generations after, they would have known about him very much because he had a very big impact on what happened and fighting for working conditions, better working conditions and wages. So it's it's funny. He talks in the beginning there. There's a famous quote by um, J.B. McLaughlin that's used in all the books about him where he says, you know, he believes in telling children this story, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially of, of the working man, not of the kings and queens. It's true. We have many more books for kids, again, speaking as a, as a children's librarian, about politicians. Very few books for kids about labor leaders. And I'm sure people in Cape Breton know about J.B. McLaughlin, and certainly he's a fiery, exciting character. And there were lots of stories around him, the work that he did, but also the deeds, the kindness, apparently, and his generosity. And For instance? For instance, um, there's a story in the book, uh, which I get out of the company store book, when he met a couple going to get married and the young man had old, old shoes on and um, McLaughlin gave him his shoes that were in better condition and $10, which at the time would have been an enormous sum of money. Right. So these kinds of things and the famous story about him when he was supposed to leave prison, when he was put in prison for, for seditious, seditious libel. And when he was allowed to leave, the famous story is he stayed an extra day making a pair of shoes uh, for a prisoner. So these kinds of things and his generosity, you know, just add to the lore of the kind of person that he was. And we do see a, a repeated pattern in which the owners of the coal mines and the steel plant bring in squads of special constables, or they get government to, to send in federal troops when miners and their families march to support a strike or to secure a fair contract. What were the consequences for the people protesting unfair conditions? Yeah, this is the kind of thing that would be, you know, we would see today as outrageous. People went on strike regardless. They suffered, especially one one event where um, some of these 
uh, soldiers that were sent went charging at people and injured people, and they were also the people that were involved in the 1925 Battle of Waterford Lake. It was a terrible time, and I don't think it's something that should be forgotten, what people stood up against. Now, a social worker named Sarah Gold wrote a, a report on the 1925 strike. What did she note about the children, the same age as your young readers, of Fight On? Yeah, that's a really interesting story. Her whole report is very interesting to read, and she talked about the terrible conditions that kids were suffering under. They had not enough clothing, um, which resulted in them not being able to go to school in the winter because, of course, they didn't have shoes and warm clothing. But more than that, just how sick they were, how malnourished they were. It's shocking to read now. You don't think of that this actually happened, but it did. Actually, the full report is published in one source, which is Cape Breton magazine, Ron Kaplan's Cape Breton magazine. He uh, reproduced it, so that's a place if people are interested in reading it. Just finally, Joanne, how do you think some of the people who make decisions about which books can be recommended or required reading in schools might react to fight on? I hope they'll want it, you know, as part of the bigger picture. I think this series, the Compass series that Nimbus publishes called Compass True Stories for Kids is really wonderful because it it takes these stories out of the sort of broad overviews that kids learn about provinces, say, in grade four-ish, when they study provinces across the country and they get a very broad overview with very uh, little in-depth look at what really people were experiencing at that time. And what the Compass series does is kind of zoom into these really fascinating regional stories and looks at them much more in-depth. And you don't see that as much in your average uh, non-fiction book for children. So I, I hope that this book, you know, adds one more voice and and a particular lens to a really dramatic and important story that's of the region. Well, Joanne, thank you very much for speaking with us on Book Me. Thank you so much for having me. Joanne Schwartz is the author of Fight On, the story of Cape Breton coal miners from 1900 to 1925. It's published by Nimbus. If you want to hear more conversations with people who create books in Atlantic Canada, authors, illustrators, editors, and designers, we have dozens, all on bookmepodcast.ca. Tell everyone you know who's a reader. If you'd like to comment on a podcast like today's with Joanne Schwartz, our email address is info at bookmepodcast.ca. And whenever we add a new interview, we post an alert on Instagram, at bookmepodcast. If you're in the Lunenburg County area in Nova Scotia, you can hear one of our podcasts every evening on the nonprofit radio station CHLU 93.7 FM just before sign-off around 9 o'clock. Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. Our producer is Robin Grant and Laura Hines toils in the digital minds. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Now, let's go read. Read.